Welcome to episode 85 of Woods and the Word Getting Coffee. I'm Randall Wood. And I'm Isaac Wood. And we're a father-son duo walking through the Bible together in hopes of bringing God's Word to life in your life. Pour a cup of coffee and join us. Well, Isaac, good morning. Uh, it's wintertime, January. I've got my snowman cup. Unfortunately, that's the only snow that I have in North Carolina. We get rain instead, but maybe one day. But uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. You actually just reminded me I'm traveling. Um, I have not had a chance to get a cup of coffee yet this morning. I don't have one. Um, so we will see. We will see how this goes. Um, but I am still a wood and we do still have the word. Um, but I'll have to uh, live vicariously through your cup of coffee this morning. Okay, well, I'll keep it close to the screen so you can uh, partake <laughs> of it. Because uh, uh, otherwise you're playing hurt this morning. We appreciate your effort. That's great. Yeah. Hey, this morning we're continuing to think about knowing God more, and uh, one of the names of God that we have to know him by is the name Elohim, which is the name that is most translated God in the Old Testament. Uh, and the interesting thing about the word is the ending of it, the H-I-M, is a plural ending. So this is the plural name of the one true God. How does that explode your mind this morning? <laughs> well, nothing like a good, yeah, nothing like a good Trinity talk to uh, get the human brain wrapped up and confused, right? Um, but I, you know, it's also the first name of God that shows up in the Bible, so right. I think this is a great place to start um, as we're starting a series about knowing God, right? Um, last last week we talked about Him being knowable. Um, but then once you recognize that you can know God, where do you start? Um, and a good place to start is in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, very literally, um, the Bible starts by saying in the beginning, Elohim. Um, yeah. And so um, just to, to be able to, um, to think of God, um, and we won't spend this time diving into the Trinity aspect of that. But yeah. um, to think of God as your creator, um, the one who began you, um, I think is a very important place to start. And I think the reason it's so important is that you see that, um, that God created us in his image, that our identity is in him. Um, and so, so much of today's world is trying to find your identity, who you are. And so much of the confusion there is because you haven't started where it began. You haven't started with the one who gave you your identity, and that is God. Um, but also, I think it's also this is this is the important reason for why a proper understanding of creation and and evolution is so important. That when you start breaking apart your biblical understanding of truth and how we all started. You lose, you lose this intimate creator God who created us in his image. And without that as a foundation for our relationship with God and for us trying to know God, you lose intimacy. And so now there's this, this view of God that so many people are, are stuck in today of him being far off. Even if you believe in him in the first place, that he's far off and uninvolved. Um, but it's because there's been cracks in the foundation of, of folks letting 
a theory, a man-made theory of evolution slip into our understanding of how the world came to be. Um, and even in the Christian church, those that believe in God saying, oh, he could have done it over millions and millions of years. Could he have? Yes. But then that's not him creating us in his image. Um, there's an intimacy there of him speaking us into existence in the, in the beginning of time in a way that only God can that brings so much volume and value to our relationship today. So it's an important place to be at the, in the beginning <laughs> um, and to understand uh, this relationship between us and God as we're pursuing to know him, to understand how it started um, and who he made us to be. Let's read how it started. And <clears throat> again, in the Hebrew language, uh, you and we do it in English as well, you, you connect the subject and the verb. So whereas this name of God is plural, it is treated like a singular subject uh, in, uh, in the sentence structure of the Hebrew, because the word created in the Hebrew is a singular verb. And so it's very specific that you've got this plural name, but he's clearly singular. He's the one true God because he created. And, and it's very clear in how that's constructed that there's a uniqueness here that will uh, blow your mind. But so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you go down to verse 27, as we walk through the order of creation, uh, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, we won't take time to read all those, but I encourage our listeners to do so here at the beginning of a new year to uh, reread the account and be reminded. But on day six, He's already created the animals, the beasts of the field, the beasts of the earth. Verse 25, God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. So everything was made according to its kind. <clears throat> Excuse me. And God saw that it was good. Then God, that is Elohim, then uh, God said, let us make man in our image. There we get the plural nature of the one true God. And this is where we will derive our identity. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. All the other animals were created after their kind. We're created in the likeness of God. That means you and I are more like God than we are like any other created uh, being on the planet which needs to give us perspective. Uh, yeah. We have been created like him. <clears throat> and, and he gave us a role. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So he created our biology. We don't get to change that. He also, in order to ex express the fullness of who he is, he had to create us in two distinct complementary um, people, man and woman, in order to express the fullness of who he is. And, and, and his image in us requires uh, two different people to make that clear. And God blessed them. He said, uh, you know, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He gave us responsibilities. And um, down in verse 31, we know God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. 
Very. So we've raised it up a notch. It was good, but now it's very good. Yeah. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. Now, chapter two <clears throat> amplifies that a little bit because uh, chapter two gives us the detail of exactly how man was created. And it also shows us that before it was very good in verse 31 of chapter one, the detail of how we got to very good was that it started out that it was not good. Day one, good. Day two, good. Day three, good. Day four, good. Day five, good. Day six started good, but then it was not good because God had created man. But then he said, it's not good for man to be alone. In uh, verse 18 of chapter two, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And it talks about him creating uh, the animals and Adam naming them. Uh, but then when it was time to create the woman, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs, closed it up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made, he fashioned. The word is, is a creative word, once again, for God's incredible uh, uh, making of us. He made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is at last is the bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So that's when it became very good. Um, it started out in verse 18 of chapter 2. It, it was not good. And then God completed his creation by bringing woman into the uh, equation. And in that created our union, our oneness, uh, the concept of marriage. Again, God invented. Moses is very clear about that as he concludes this chapter. All of it gets marred by sin in chapter three. All of it becomes a problem. Very quickly, very quickly. But nothing about the image of God changed. We are all made in the image of God. We bear his image. And that is our, um, our identity is, is got to start with made in the image of God. And then for the Christian, we've been remade by the power of the spirit through faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, that's who we are. That's our identity uh, in Christ. And so God establishes our identity. Satan, from chapter three on, he has been trying to uh, confuse our identity, give us a false sense of identity, telling us that we can figure out who we are all by ourselves. We don't need God. Uh, and that's created the mess of the world that we live in and and try to uh, try to find our way back to God in. Well, it's just so it's so interesting the the community aspect of God, um, yeah. not only you know within um, the Trinity, um, Father, Son, and Spirit, and that that is reflected in us, right? That you know right. we ourselves, um, just as image bearers of God, not anywhere close to being able to execute the standard of God, but that that we are mind, body, and soul. Um, and that those are, are very three distinct aspects of who we are. 
Um, but that we were designed that way as a way to, um, to show God um, yes. as God, Father, Son, and Spirit, mind, body, and soul don't perfectly match up. We aren't a perfect um, carbon copy of God. Right. Um, we were designed by him, in him, and through him. Um, and so that that's the the differ the differentiator between us and the rest of, of his creation is his image um, and who he is is uh, there's seeds of that that are planted in each one of us um, and so it starts with us it's important for us to know that as we look to discover our own identity which we're all trying to do right yeah. Yeah. Um, and so recognizing that we were made by God in God for communion with God, that we were designed to be with God. As we said earlier, we very quickly screw that up, <laughs> but then God knew we would screw it up and had a plan in place to remedy that through Jesus. Um, and so now we are able to be with God, to have him in us, uh, to experience him, to know him, um, and so we were designed for community with God. Um, but what is interesting is that, as you, you mentioned there, day six, that it wasn't very good until he had given us community with each other right? as well, um, with a very specific design and purpose. But that the, the, the community aspect of God, that Trinity aspect of God, not only plays out in, in our individual mind, body, and souls, right? And how we were created in his image. But then as we exist, we are drawn to be in community with God and with others. So now there's a God, self, others. Trinity. Triangle. You call it Trinity, a little yeah. T, Trinity. Uh, yeah. There's a God, the self, community, other. Yeah. Yeah, a community that that is God's design. And so it's it's again, this is why it's important to recognize that God has a design for you, for us, for his creation. Because once you identify that God has a design, well, now there's something there to be discovered. What is his design? And his design is that we as individuals would operate in his image but the, we were made to be with him and with others um and, and that when you wrap your head around that if that's the lens that you look at your life through um that's going to change the way you live two in two directions well three directions right, right. it's going to change the way you live with the way that you deal with yourself right it's how gonna, you think about yourself right Yes. The way you think of yourself as God specifically created me for a reason. He created me like him. I'm the only, uh, we're the only species on this planet that's created in his image. There's right. an intimacy there that he's created me for a reason. My identity is in God. Um, right. That changes the way I think about myself. But then it also changes the way I think about God, as we talked about earlier. He's not some far off cosmic entity that is just up there like watching the world go by like a, a the gears of a clock. Right. Um, 
he's an intimate involved god who again created us for a reason but is involved in our lives is involved in us and so it changes our view of god and then it better <laughs> that's got to come out this way it better change the way we look at others um and I, that's the easiest one for us to see fault in others in um right they're messed up the way we well it's easy for us to default in others um and so then by that we're not living in community with others um but then it's also it's just the most noticeable um area where we can see deficiency in this space um but but that that not only are we personally created in god's image but everyone else is created in god's image too and so if we're able to view our interactions with others as, hey, I am a God-created being with the God in me interacting with a God-created being. At the very least, we know that that other person is a God-created being. Now, right. whether they're operating with God living, the power of God living inside of them, well, you can't tell that from the outside. But you know by the fact that they're human that they were created in God's image. And right. so God wants God wants to be with them um and god wants to be in them um he wants to save them whether they have uh decided to accept that from him or not you, we can't tell from the outside but we know for a fact that person you're interacting with that person that you got a meeting with today the person that lives in the house with you uh that person that you're arguing with online with um that person was created in god's image and god's perfect design for that person is that they're with him um, and that how you treat them, we live a community. How you treat them is a reflection. Um, you're treating uh, you're treating God. So if you're treating them well, uh, then you're you're treating the image of God in them well. If you're treating them poorly, you're treating the image of God in them poorly yeah. and representing God poorly uh, from the image of God in you. So this idea of community and relationship is so important. And again, you have to you have to settle your to be successful. You have to have um, your identity from your vertical relationship with God. Uh, your vertical identity has to be sound. That that then will enable your internal um, image and identity to be sound, which then gives you the capacity to interact and interplay with the rest of the world. All of these other beings created in the image of God. C.S. Lewis said a fascinating thing one time, a lot of them actually, but but he said, you will, you will never look upon a mere mortal. The other people on this planet all are uh, eternal souls created by God. Um, they, they are, uh, they are his um, in, in creation. So they have this created image of God in them. And so that's the other aspect of God's image that we didn't touch on is the eternal nature of it. Right. It goes on forever. That we were, we have a beginning, but every single one of us has a soul that's going to live forever in wow. one place or another. Yeah. That's um, your mind. So there's an eternal nature that, again, we, we're not perfect. We're not God. No. Uh, God's eternity goes backwards just like it goes forward. Um, and but that that's that's an element that again looking at today through that lens of eternity that changes the way you approach the day yes 
knowing yeah. that, that there's eternal life to live. It's not just 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years on this planet. All of which is a, va a vapor, James said. So let's think about uh, how the enemy distorts this, how he seeks to um, get us to think of ourselves poorly, how he substitutes false identities that so often we buy into, uh, and, and, and it, it should enable us to treat each other better. Now, the best book I've read so far this year, and True Confessions, it's the, it's the only one. This is the only book I've read. <laughs> Paul David Tripp wrote a book called Reactivity. It's a book that should not have needed to be written because it's a book about how Christians should treat each other better, but also the rest of the world too, because of this idea of, of being image bearers of God. But in the book, he's talking especially about how we treat each other on social media, which is deplorable. And he's making the point that the enemy has trying to create five different false identities within us. Uh, and we'll look at those just very briefly, and then we'll talk about how the gospel is the antidote to that. But, you know, social media, which is so misnamed because it's so antisocial, uh, it treats it, it, it breaks our ability to have relational conversations with humans face to face. So there's nothing social about that. Uh, but social media says, and the devil would, would want you to believe that your identity comes from how much attention you can get. And whatever you have to do to get that attention is okay. You can act as inappropriately as possible as long as it gets you more likes, which are so fake and false. But those likes are where you draw your sense of identity, and that's, that's a false identity. Or it might be how much power you can grab by stomping on the hearts of other people and, and lifting yourself up as, as higher than, better than, uh, more refined or more uh, uh, evolved <laughs> than other people. Or it might be just how much acceptance you receive because you agree with people so that they will accept you. You compromise your beliefs so they will accept you because accept your identity is based on how many people accept you and affirm you where you are, which requires you to affirm them and um, accept them and their behavior. Or it's uh, you draw your identity from always having to be right. I'm right. I've got the truth. I mean, th these were the Pharisees. Yep. Pharisees were the masters of being right uh, stomping on people along the way and not really liking people at all, but just wanting everyone to know we're right. So follow us. Uh, and then uh, the issue of control, your identity is based on how much control you have. Can you actually control other people and get them to follow you, get them to like you, uh, get them to respond to you? Uh, sometimes you stir things up just to demonstrate you have control over people and that affirms your identity as a person of power, a person of influence. You know, everybody on social media today wants to be an influencer. Their identity is I'm an influencer. Uh, well, well wow. what's your potential <laughs> to be an influencer? Social, social media is just, uh, it's, it's another testament to how um, the devil doesn't come, the enemy doesn't come with, um 
dramatic differences from what God tells us. He tweaks it. Yeah. So we talked earlier about, I mean, we saw, you see this again early on in Genesis when um, Satan's interacting with Eve around eating the fruit. Um, right. He's, he's just slightly twisting. He, he's asking, did God really say it that way? And did he really? Because I don't think so. Right. But it's not, he's not giving a completely different, he's not coming with a completely different statement. He's just like, Hey, God said this, but was it really meant to be like this or like, like, and, and that was enough to throw us off. And he did it by taking the focus off of God and what he said and focusing on us, focusing on Eve and how she should feel slighted because of what right. God said. God's but, but what to apply her. that same so the devil just works in just being a degree or two off of what God said, and usually it's by taking the focus from God to us. And um you see that in, in the social media. So we talked about God created us to in his image ourselves to be with God and to be with others. There is a social aspect to that. Right. What what all the, those five elements that you just talked about of social media taking us away from God, it's we, we turn the focus from God to others. We care more about what others think of and what of us think so. than we do what God does. Or we take the eyes off of God and focus them on ourselves. And we care more about what we think of ourselves. We care more about what our thoughts and feelings feel like than what God has said. And so it's just the three those same three elements are there. God, self, others, right. they're just not properly oriented with each other. And so it's got to start. That's why the first verse of the Bible is in the beginning, God. God. It's got to start there. Our relationship with God each day. I would encourage each day has to start with God. Start focused on God. That should influence in the way you view yourself and the way you view others. When it starts by popping on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, right. Facebook, or even just, you know, scrolling through text messages or what, who you're interacting with, it starts focused on others or yourself. That's off base. And it's just enough off base that then you on a track in that day and that week and that month and your life that you're then looking at the world through a lens of others and yourself, not the lens of God, and you're off base. You're not going to be where God designed you to be. You're not going to be how God designed you to be, and you're not going to feel the fulfillment. Um, you're not going to realize the fulfillment and the, the purpose-driven life that he designed for you, that abundant life that Jesus said he came for you. You're not going to experience it because you're not starting with God. Right. And so let's uh, let's remind, let's bring Jesus into this equation and remind Christ followers. Uh, uh, Dr. Tripp wrote this book to Christ followers to remind them who they are and how they're to relate to one another, but also to the world as a witness. Jesus said, if you guys would just love each other, the world would be drawn to that. And that's not happening. And social media has exposed that in our hearts. Uh, that very often we don't start with God, we start with self, and uh, and that leads to a condemning spirit instead of a uh, a spirit that that wants to comfort and and reach and care for one another. 
and the image of God in one another. We can always see some aspect of the image of God in another person if we look for it. God will show it to us. But let me read two scriptures and we'll wrap up. Uh, at, at the end of Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God, children of God. That's who we are through faith. That's the only way it can happen. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, there's neither Jew nor Greek, these artificial uh, distinctions that we want to focus on and make it all about that. Uh, it's not about slave or free. There's no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Uh, there's a oneness, a community, a togetherness. Um, we don't focus on what we have that separates us. We focus on what we have in common, which is Christ, and that will impact how we treat each other. And then in in First uh, John, uh, this is a wonderful letter. Uh, focused on the fact that we are children of God, loved by God. And the first three verses of chapter three, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. This is a loving Father. God, the Father, has given us our identity. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. This is who we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And if everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself, as he is pure. So the purity of our thought life and our actions and the words that we speak flows out of understanding who we are, that we are God's child now as a follower of the Lord Jesus. And in the future for eternity, we will be like him and we will see him as he is, as our perfect heavenly father. And the identity that we have is that we have been called his children through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let that shape us, let that guide us, Let's remind ourselves in the beginning, God, and therefore our, our identity has to start with him. Our, our vertical identity is the most important identity that we have to um, satisfy uh, by understanding who he's created us to be. And then we live that out internally and also externally, horizontally into a lost and hurting world by loving people because we've been first loved by our heavenly father. Let every day start with in the morning, God. <laughs> That's good. And then just see what that does for you. Just that, right. that different lens that you will look at that day. And then as you stack those days together, you'll look at that life then uh, through the lens of God being a loving creator that he is. So uh, I encourage you to do that today in the beginning, in the morning, God. God. Start with God. All right. I'll let you run, get a cup of coffee on your airport, <laughs> safe travels, and uh, we'll see you next time. Awesome. See you guys.